Merry Christmas. In the name of him who was and who is and who will always be, the faithful, the true, the steadfast, triune God, your Father, your Brother, your Holy Spirit. Amen. Christmas is supposed to be the merriest, happiest, joyous season of the entire church year, and for good reason. In fact, you'll notice that other cultures that don't even acknowledge the divine truth of Christmas will acknowledge that it has overtaken even their highest festivals. They can't deny it. It's taken over the entire world. And for a lot of great reasons, uh, maybe some not-so-good commercial reasons as well, but we can deal with that, we Christians. This is the season where even if you didn't come last night to sing your favorite hymns and to partake of that special Christmas Eve service with its special candlelight ending, and it musters up all of that nostalgia, and you get to then drive home, and your driver is bringing you home last night on those death-defying icy roads, and you're saying to them every three minutes, oh, look at that house with those cool lights, and look at that house with those cool lights, and they're just like, stop with the having me turn the eyes away from the death-defying icy roads, right? But that's all part of Christmas, you know? Plus, we're Canadians, for heaven's sakes. We know how to deal with snow and ice. We have snow tires. Christmas is about merry and happy and good cheer and great joy and even a little bit Pastor Getzinger approved pious merriment. What does that mean? What that means is that it's perfectly legitimate for you as an adult to go home this afternoon and have yourself a little of adult beverage, pop open the bottle of Prosecco, have a little glass, and raise it up in toast and glory and fame to the honor of your Savior Jesus this day, thanking him for all that he's done for you. But then you have to stop until you have dinner. That's pious merriment. Christmas is about wide smiles and giggling children and hugs and kisses all around. That's what Christmas is supposed to be about. That's what Christmas is about. It's about family because God has brought us into his family. And we treat our own family with the same love and affection. Christmas is about gifts because God has given us the greatest gift of his son to take away our sins and bring us into his family forever. But maybe it struck you this morning like it struck me. I wasn't the first out of bed this morning, but maybe you were the first out of bed this morning, and you came down on this Christmas morning, and you saw that the Christmas tree needed to be lit up, so you lit up that Christmas tree. And you sat there staring at the light bulbs, at those beautiful sparkling lights, and it dawned on you that this was the Christmas when there were going to be no giggling grandchildren running around the house, this was going to be the Christmas when you suddenly realized that there were going to no be, not be any hugs and kisses all around because, well, COVID is still around and some members of your family are still a little bit concerned about the susceptibility of COVID and they say that it's on the rise again. I wouldn't know, but now there's this RSV thing that's on the scene and all of those children of yours that have little ones that they don't want to get RSV. So all of a sudden, these two things act as the handcuffs to our joy. Yet once again, even after two years, it's trying to ruin our joy. Or maybe that wasn't it for you this morning at all. Maybe you were sitting there 
contemplating big thoughts about the joy of Christmas, and you were looking at those sparkling Christmas lights, and all of a sudden that stabbing pain that you've been experiencing suddenly came back. Or that nauseous feeling that you've been getting when you don't have enough in your stomach came back. You dope, go see a doctor for heaven's sakes. But you don't. You don't. And you sit there thinking to yourself, you know, maybe I actually should listen to Pastor Getzinger when he says, go see a doctor. Because, you know, if I don't, this might very well be the last Christmas that I ever enjoy and the last set of Christmas lights I ever get to turn on. Or maybe you were sitting there letting your mind kind of wander and you were staring at those beautiful Christmas lights and you were thinking to yourself how tension-filled it has become in your household that those discussions between you and your spouse, they start faster and they last longer. And you're wondering how in the world did it ever come to this? Nine years. Ten and a half years of knowing one another, and it's come to this. And you're thinking to yourself, something's got to change. I've got to change. Or I'm going to be spending Christmas alone next year. Or you're sitting there staring at those Christmas lights, and you're just kind of all of a sudden kind of just overtaken with verklempness. Yes, that is a German word, Doug. And your eyes... All those lights just start turning into a big giant ball. And there's this big pool between your two eyes that you just can't seem to focus on anything. And, it's, and, and we won't say what that is, you know, for the guys in the room will we'll recognize your dignity and honor of being male-esque. But you know full well what it is. And you're, you're searching around for a Kleenex to kind of take that blob away from your eyes. And you realize that what's causing this is that this is the first Christmas that you're going to spend without that dear loved one. They're going to be missing this Christmas. I know how your heart is just aching for them. And then all of a sudden, there's this little voice that just kind of wells up inside of you, and it says to you, are you looking for Christmas, Skip? Are you still looking for Christmas? It's right here. It's right here in front of you. Well, we're going to give our best efforts to making Christmas 2022 the Christmas 2022 that it should be. After two years of being told that we can't gather together and we have to have modified worship, we're going to sing the roof off of this church this morning, and we're going to do the best that we can to celebrate as we've never celebrated before. We have family and friends that are actually allowed legally to come into our house without masks if we don't want to have masks in our house. That's awesome. And we're going to have those friends and relatives that are not going to be able to make it now due to the weather and the shutdown highways. But there's FaceTime and there's Zoom. And, you know, there's that thing called the old-fashioned landline. That still works, I think, is still at your house, if not your cell phone. But there still are those thoughts that came to us this morning as we were staring at that Christmas tree. And there's still those thoughts floating around in our head. Christmas is here. Are you still looking for Christmas? And that nagging voice just kind of keeps pecking away at that. Are you still looking for Christmas? This morning, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit wants to come to you through the words of the book of Hebrews, the writer to the Hebrews, and he wants you to be able to stop looking and trying to figure out how to find Christmas or where it's to be found. 
He wants that silent voice inside of you that's nagging away at you. Are you still looking for Christmas to be silenced? He wants to restore to you the joy, the true joy of this day. And so if you're looking for Christmas, our Father in heaven says to you this morning, look right here. Let your eyes gaze and fix on that manger scene. Or if you prefer, look right there at that cross where Jesus can be seen paying for the sins of the whole world. You wouldn't think it would be so hard to find real Christmas in an environment that's decorated like this, would you? I mean, you'd think it's pretty obvious of what, where Christmas is and how it's to be found and where it is. Um, the trouble comes when we look away from this place, and the trouble comes particularly when we look away from him. And when we look away from him, and we look out there, trying to figure out where this, how do we find Christmas and where is it. Out there, the signs that say this way to Christmas, the problem is, is that they point in all sorts of different directions. You go out there and it says this way to Christmas, and then you turn the corner and all of a sudden it's saying, no, Christmas is the opposite direction. And then you go the opposite direction and you see another sign that says, Christmas is here, Christmas is there. So where do your friends find Christmas? Well, your friends probably find Christmas, the overwhelming number of your friends probably find Christmas at the malls. Rideau, Bayshore, Saint Laurent. Or they find Christmas in this little fantasy that their spouse is gonna have read their mind. And that the Tesla dealer is gonna show up on a flatbed this afternoon with that new Tesla, that new white Tesla, so that the grime just shows on it just something fierce during the winter, but in the summer, ooh, does it look slick. And it's gonna have that big giant bow on it, just like on the TV commercials, right? In fact, it might be waiting for you right now, your friends might be thinking. Or your friends might be looking for Christmas to put themselves through I think there's probably some sort of war crime litigation against putting yourself into the broken down airline industry right now. They've lost all sorts of sense of corporate history. They don't know exactly how to pull off customer service anymore. And if you're in the airline industry, I'm really sorry that you've got to do that to make a living. The public can be so cruel. But why would you put yourself through that just so that you can get to the warm beaches of Cuba or Aruba and wake up to bright skies? What's wrong with winter gray skies in Ottawa? There's nothing wrong with that. You're Canadians, for heaven's sakes. Who needs Aruba? Who needs Cuba? And who needs to put themselves through that? But this is what your friends do in order to get some sort of Christmassy feel out of this time of year. But what about you? Where do you go looking for Christmas? In family and friends and relationships? That's fine. That's part of it. That's not the lion's share of it, but that's part of it. And as we learned from the last two Christmases, the trouble with quarantine and lockdowns is that they can totally derail any of your plans and they can serve as the double wrecking ball to any sort of plans that you had to have some sort of Christmassy get-together at your house. Plus, families die out, friends move away, relationships come to an end, and ultimately at the end of the day, if this has been your hope and dream of what makes Christmas for you, you're gonna end up like many of our shut-ins are, where their memories of Christmas are nothing more than photos in a scrapbook. 
Is that what you want your memory of Christmas to be? Is that what you want Christmas to be for you? If we look for Christmas in things or people only, you'll never find Christmas because it's not found in just things or people. So look here. Look where the prophets of the, that are mentioned in the book of Hebrews knew where to look. See, the prophets were the allies and the spokesmen of God, but Jesus, Jesus is the Son of God. The prophets, the prophets grasped part of the mind of God, part of the message that they were proclaiming. But Jesus, Jesus is the mind of God because he is God. The prophets... The prophets, they spoke for God, and they spoke eloquently for God. But Jesus, Jesus speaks as God. No more prophets. No more angelic announcements. God's oral tradition, which every culture has, God's oral tradition did one thing that the oral tradition of every culture cannot do. It took on human flesh. The father asked the son to come down and take on human form, and by the fact that he took on human form, he bestowed glory upon this human nature of ours. And the fact that he bestowed this glory upon this human nature of ours, that means that he has made us his companions. And because he has made us his companions, that means that Christ's exaltation is our greatest hope. Because what it means is that where he is, we one day will be. What it means is that where his body and soul now dwell, we one day, our body and soul will also, also dwell. It means that because he was raised up from death and transferred to glory, it means that you and I as his companions will have our bodies raised up and exalted and we will be transferred to glory. Now, keep in mind that the fact that we're celebrating Christmas, Christmas this morning well, the reason we're celebrating is because this human flesh of ours just didn't have the strength or the ability, excuse me, didn't have the strength or the ability to run the distance to be able to get ourselves to heaven by our own strength or power. We didn't have the ability to be able to lift that weight in the celestial circus that would win us the prize of being the best weightlifter, that would win us that grand prize of being able to spend eternity in Chateau Heaven, which is why God's oral tradition took on flesh, or as John put it, why the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. You see, this is the one. This is the only one who created all of this in the beginning. And this is the one, the only one, who will inherit all things at the end. And this is the one who wants you to know that he is the sum and substance of your Christmas this year, next year, and forevermore. The Christmas that we want, brothers and sisters, is soft and sentimental. It's squishy and it's huggable and it's cozy. And there's nothing wrong with wanting that kind of a Christmas. But the only way that you can have a soft and sentimental Christmas is the first you have to have the Christmas not that you want, but the Christmas that you need. And the Christmas that you need needs to be hard as steel. It needs to be sharper than diamond. It needs to be tougher than nails. It needs to be unbreakable. And it needs to be unbendable. Because this word of God 
that has taken on flesh, this oral tradition of God that has taken on flesh, unlike any other culture's oral tradition. It has the power, it has the prestige, it has the persistence, it has the pleasure, the desire, as the writer of the Hebrew said, to provide purification for sins, which is just his eloquent way of saying to provide for you the forgiveness of your sins. Brothers and sisters, there is Christmas. There is Christmas, right there. The child in the manger is not just the God-man. He is God's hand-selected God-man. Jesus doesn't break, he doesn't get old, he doesn't expire, he doesn't go out of style. Jesus doesn't die out, he doesn't move away, he doesn't expire, he doesn't come to an end. Jesus isn't temporary, he's not insufficient, he's not enough, and he's not fickle. He's not cranky with you in the morning and happy and jovial with you in the afternoon. Jesus is the final prophet who speaks from God as only God can speak. Jesus is the, the, the eternal priest who not only sacrificed himself, but did sacrifice himself in your place as that sacrificial lamb on the cross. Jesus is your eternal king who guards and protects his people. And when Jesus finds you, and when Jesus dwells in you, you will have Christmas in you forever. And that's the message that I want to leave with you. This is the last Christmas I will ever celebrate with you. This is the last Christmas that I will preach a Christmas sermon to you. And when you go home here today, I want you to remember this one point for the rest of your days until the Lord takes you home, that you will only and always celebrate Christmas and have Christmas with you so long as Christ is the object of your faith, so that Christ so long, only so long as Christ dwells in your heart for time and eternity, only so far as when that pain comes to your side, you know that he's going to work that out for your good. You always and only look to Jesus as the source of your Christmas. So now, all at once, this is the power. This is the power that disease cannot cancel, it cannot quarantine, it cannot lock down because it depend, doesn't depend upon who you spend Christmas with, your friends, your relatives, your children, your grandchildren. No, what Christmas depends upon is who has decided to spend Christmas with you, Christ your Lord, your Savior from sin, death, and hell. And now, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, that wee little seven-foot Christmas tree, those Christmas lights are starting to look a little bit brighter, aren't they? And all of a sudden, that pain in your side that's been stabbing at you, or that nausea that's been churning around, you're going to listen to me, and you're going to go and talk to your doctor, but the anxiety about it is not going to hopefully be as high as it was before, because you know there's two glorious outcomes for you. Either the Lord is going to give you a remedy for that pain in the side, and you're going to give, live long and prosper, or he's not going to remedy that pain in your side, and he's going to take you out of this life, and you're going to not live long and prosper. You're going to live forever. The hurting relationship in this Jesus, who is the sum and substance of our Christmas, that hurting relationship can be improved. 
and not just improve, but that can actually roll you back to those days when you looked at each other and you were giddy for one another. You couldn't get enough of one another. And you loved each other deeply and affectionately. And what about the financial problems that have been bearing on your mind? Christ is probably not going to drop a $10,000 check into the mail to you tomorrow. But you also have this promise. I have never seen the righteous forsaken or, the children beg or their children begging bread. And what about that empty place at the dinner table this year, which is the first time ever that there's not been that person there? We're reminded of that great banquet when we'll all be brought together once again, all thanks to the sum and substance of this Christmas that we celebrate today, all thanks to that babe in the manger, God in the flesh, Jesus your Savior. This is the Jesus that dries tears so that you can actually see the Christmas lights clearly. This is the Jesus that has the, when he shows us those lights on the Christmas tree, the, the lights that remind us that he is the light of the world. This is the Jesus that when we look past these fleeting Christmas lights, we're reminded that he is the light that never ends. So brothers and sisters in Christ, are you still looking for Christmas? Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God for you. And your Christmas will always, always be merry evermore. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, it will guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. At this time